This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. You know what? I've been doing a lot of apologies on a Sunday. So last week I apologized to Billy Epler and the Mets for the great job that they with the players that they've brought in, how they've done. And we'll discuss it later, but I may have to apologize to you because the latest I'm hearing from published reports and sources about Kevin Durant, maybe he doesn't love basketball as much as I thought he loved basketball. We'll talk about that a little bit later in the show. We're also I'll also give you my thoughts and hear your thoughts on the takeaways from the first two preseason games, Jets and Giants. You've had a couple of days now, more than a couple of days if you're the the Giants, because that was Thursday night. So you have a lot of time to take away from that. And the Jets situation, well, we'll talk about that a little bit later as well. But we begin with a little baseball. And let me just touch a little bit on the Mets before I put out my couch for the Yankee fans. And pursuant to the couch for the Yankee fans, I have a Twitter poll question up for you. At Hardest to ESPN. Which pitcher gives you the most confidence closing the game for the Yankees? Which pitcher gives you the most confidence closing the game for the Yankees? Is it Clay Holmes? Is it Wandy Peralta? Is it Jonathan Loisega? Or is it Araldis Chapman? And I'm going to give you, as I look at the sneak peek, it's early polling, early polling. Less than 1% of the votes are in. Early polling. One of those doesn't have a vote yet. One of those four does not have a vote vote yet. It's fascinating. We'll talk Yankees in a minute, but I have to start with the Mets. Now, going into this weekend against the Phillies, I had the thought process, looking at the rotation, of... Max Scherzer, Jacob DeGrom, and Chris Bassett, that I had a shot at the sweep this weekend. Going into a week where the Mets will go down to Atlanta and have a rematch, and you know Atlanta's waiting. Atlanta's been talking a lot of smack. Atlanta talked a lot of smack after losing four or five. <laughs> so, you know, all they've been talking about is we wait, all oh, the Mets are going to come to our house, and we're going to do this, we're going to do that. So that starts tomorrow night. But going into the week, going into that series, I was like, boy, it would be nice to have a nice sweep by Phillies, you know, just just beat them up, sweep them, even though I understand that Philly can score runs. Pitching, eh, defense, eh, offense, not bad. It's not bad. It's what keeps them going (laughs) because the pitching is not that great. And then the Mets lose behind Max Scherzer. I'm like, what? Huh, what? But then the A's stepped up last night, and once again, in typical Met offensive fashion, boy, did they roll out the bats for Jacob DeGrom, huh? (laughs) Rolled out the bats, baby. Rolled them out. Hey, let's show show you what we got offensively. All right, let's show you. (laughs) Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Jacob DeGrom won, dominated, one nothing effort over Philly yesterday. We'll talk about Edwin Diaz in a moment. Six innings, two hits, no walks, struck out 10. Now, I'm going to tell you, and uh, Tom Bauer put our rundown today, and Tom, you are absolutely right. I agree with you as well. I thought for sure Jacob DeGrom could have gone another inning. Easily. 
I thought for sure he would. But once again, I get it. Let's ramp him up slowly. There's no need to press him. There's no need to push him. Let him just relax. He can chill out. Let's just keep him going. Let's make sure that everything is okay and there's no setbacks. So I think it. I understand the move. Would I have let him go on more? Absolutely, I would have. But I get what they're doing. I understand it. And we hear from Jacob DeGrom, Edward Diaz, and Peter Alonzo in a second. But here's the situation with DeGrom, right? He is, what, he's got 28 strikeouts since he's been back? I mean, he has been amazing. Still throwing in triple digits. Still, and, and the location is the difference. Okay, I understand in this era of exit velo and how hard the ball is hit and launch angle and all this other stuff. I get it. I get it. Sabermetrician's gone wild. I understand it. That's how we look at baseball now. But for me, it is very simple. When it comes to pitching, there are throwers and there are pitchers. And it is the location of Jacob DeGrom because people can hit triple digits. Okay? Seen it done. Okay? People can hit triple digits. That's not that's not a misnomer. It is the location that is equally if not more important than the speed. Because you can get a soft tossing lefty or a soft tossing righty who has great location, you find you, you before you know it, you're 0 for 3 and wondering what happened. <laughs> How did that happen? He throws like 70 miles an hour, and I can't, I can't catch it because of the location. And his fastball and his slider, it just seems like it's perfectly located for righties right on the inside where they can't do a thing with it. Can't do a thing with it. So DeGrom has been simply, simply amazing, amazing since his return. Let's listen to him about uh, his performance in yesterday's game, a one nothing win over Philadelphia. Yeah, that's tough. I mean, you want to go out there and compete. Um, you know, these guys did a great job of scoring one in the first, and then, you know, my goal is to try to keep it, uh, keep them at uh, zero. So, you know, it's it's tough. You want to be out there, but at the same time, you know, it took that long to get back. Um, you don't want to do anything to jeopardize being here for the, you know, the hopefully the push we go on and hopefully into the World Series. Yeah, there's no question about it. And and they will they will give him. I know he wants to let loose. They will. And I like that this is the way they're going. And I like the fact that it seems like the Mets are handling this more than DeGrom, okay? Because in previous years, it just seemed like DeGrom was handling it. And I'm not saying that the players should not be involved because it is their body. So they should be involved. They know how they feel. So I get that. There's no question. I understand that. But nevertheless, I think, Listen, because most players are competitors and they will go out there and perform even when they may not be ready. All right, but they're going to go out there. They feel they can gut it out. They feel they have confidence in how they, in their talents and they'll be able to do a great job. So right now, the way the Mets are handling him, it's been perfect. He's made every start. They're bringing him slowly. There's been no after effects on the days off. Knock on wood as I hit my head again. And, you know, there's, it's... It's less likely for me to, when I hear the ESPN on my app, on my phone, to turn and look with, the, with my, when I open and wonder if it's about Jacob DeGrom. Because the way they're handling him, I, I'm very confident. Another side of, to, of the game last night, Edwin Diaz picked up save number 200 
the sixth active pitcher to reach that milestone. Here's uh, the man of the trumpets, Edwin Diaz. You know, I enjoy everything, you know, the fans, the vibe, you know. When, when they opened that gate, you know, everybody got crazy. And, you know, I can feel it. I can feel it when I'm running to the mound. And, you know, every time when I make a pitch, I, I can feel the fans they're supporting me. And I feel, I feel really good. Other than location and velocity, confidence is really big, right? Confidence is really, really big. And that's what you have with Edwin Diaz. That is probably the biggest difference from for his performance this year than in previous years, right? Is that he, he will tell you, I am the best. No one can hit me. And I'm going in there and I'm going to challenge him. And when you feel that way, man, that has to give you a lot of confidence. And of course, confidence goes in with success, right? They go hand in hand. So for him to have the success that he's had this year, that's why he's got the confidence that he has. And he's mentally prepared and he has executed on numerous occasions. So hats off to Edwin Diaz. Now, that does not tell you that I'm still a little concerned about the bullpen, just a little bit. But the way Trevor May has pitched has made me feel a little bit better. He's been very good since his return. Adam Adovino has been solid, okay? And Seth Lugo's bounced back over some troublesome starts to put together some pretty good spots. And once again, once you get to the postseason, one of your starters is going to be in that bullpen, okay? Whether it's Peterson, whether it's McGill, you know, one of them, Carrasco, but I don't think, you know, normally he struggles early, so maybe not him. But one of those, one of those starters will be able to go into the bullpen. So you will have enough. So as they continue to perform, all right, you, you get you gain more and more confidence. As far as the offense is concerned, especially when Jacob DeGrom pitches, I don't get it. It's just it's just his luck. Peter Alonzo, how did you guys only get one run with DeGrom on the mound? I mean, the value of one one run in the big leagues is tremendous. I mean, especially when Jake's on the mound, you know that you have a pretty good shot to win the ball game. But I didn't really think that that one in the first was going to be enough. But thankfully, our Jake and and then our our bullpen. I mean, our our bullpen was was superb today. Seth, uh, Trevor, and then Sugar. Um, I mean, those guys were were unbelievable as well. So, I mean, yeah, awesome that I got the RBI. But uh, I mean, the stars of the show today were, were was our pitching staff. So. Thank you. Thank you, Jake, and thank you, bullpen. Stars of the game were the pitching staff, but guess what? We'd still be playing if you didn't score that run, Pete. So thank you for doing that as well. 1-800-919-3776. Also on Twitter, at Hardest to ESPN, at ESPN NY, 98 underscore 7 FM. When we return, we'll turn our attention to the Yankees, who got a win in Boston last night. But Friday night was a situation where if you're Aaron Boone, you're wondering, my circle of trust is me. We'll discuss it next on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. Time for Diamond Notes brought to you by Two by London, the engagement shop at London Jewelers. And the Diamond Notes are the New York Yankees who came back with a nice win yesterday. Uh, I know... Yankee fans were a little concerned, just a little concerned. And once again, it's about the bullpen, okay? It was the bullpen that let the Yankees down after I thought they had a nice win Friday going into Boston, had the lead, and then before you know it, Clay Holmes blows it. 
And then you have to go to the ninth, and Trevino loses it. So that's our poll question today at Hardesty ESPN, at ESPN 98 underscore 7 FM. Which pitcher gives you the most confidence closing the game for the Yankees? Is it Clay Holmes? Is it Wandy Peralta? Is it Jonathan Loisega? Or is it Araldis Chapman? I want you to weigh in. One of these four doesn't have a vote yet, which is fascinating to me. All right, so let's go back to last night. Obviously, IKF was the star of the show. He did it all, offensively especially. It was uh, the IKF special. I mean, I can see John Sterling now on the Yankeeography about IKF, responsible for bringing home all three runs, two on a home run, and the final winning run on a suicide squeeze in the ninth. A suicide squeeze. Ninth inning got a little stressful, though, didn't it, Yankee fans? Scott Efferos allowed some runners to get on, but he secured the save. Here's Aaron Boone on the win. Great job. Look, nothing's easy for us right now. You know, we're going through it, but that's a, you know, kind of one of those gut check wins or a lot of people did a lot of good things. You know, Frankie getting us off to a good start. You know, we've continued to catch the ball well, um, even though we had the, the one error over there at first with, you know, the throw to the bag with, with Frankie covering. But, you know, through this, we're catching the ball. We're fighting. We're, we keep getting close. Probably know it's not going to be easy to break through and guys just continue to, to make plays and, and get it done. So, this one feels really good. All right, what do you think about IKF's big night, Coach? Just a tremendous performance, really good defensive play, started a really good double play early, finally get, finally got off the schneid with a homer, so that was great to see, and then and then a huge, huge job there executing, uh, you know, on a winning play in the ninth to, to get down the bunt. So just really happy for him, you know. No, he's, you know, been through a lot and taken a lot. He had a pretty stellar game on both sides of the ball tonight. Yeah, that's Aaron Boone on uh, IKF's big night. So, uh, you know, listen, that was a fabulous, fabulous win for the for the Yankees last night. Boy, did they need that one. They needed it pretty badly. Because here's a team that that's struggling to score, and then when they do score, like the bullpen has just disappeared. I I am I am at a loss to figure out what has gone on with Clay Holmes. I mean, there's no location. He's behind a lot of batters. The sinker has sunk. And it's just, he's just not the same guy. It's amazing. It's just amazing what has happened to him. And now, Aaron Boone, when asked, who, who's your closer? Is it, is Clay Holmes going to be the closer? We'll see. Is Aroldis Chapman going to be the closer? We'll see. And so, last night, it was neither one of them, right? It was Scott Efferos who just came over from the Cubs. Interesting. Let's hear from uh, IKF. This is, you know, and, and it's always funny to me how teams react and players react when guys do something that's out of the ordinary, right? Well, since last night was IKF's first home run of the season and his first home run with the Yankees, obviously, he got the Simon treatment. So how'd you feel about it? We've, we've been talking about it for a long time, and uh, the joke was I was trying to hit a walk-off, so that I gave them no choice, but they said they were going to go in the clubhouse anyway. So, um, yeah, it was, it was, it was fun, and it was just cool. That was in a big moment, and, um, you know, it was well-needed. Uh, it was a good joke. Yeah, it was well needed. The home run was well needed, that's for sure. Take us through the thought process of the sacrifice bunt in the ninth. It was a great call. Um, Booney's a great manager, and he, he put me in a situation to succeed right there. So, um, you know, the tough pitcher on the mound. Uh, he's been really good on righties, so tough matchup. But, you know, I was going to try and spray something, but once I saw that, uh, you know, it was just, let's get the job done. 
All right, now this talks about the versatility of this Yankee team. And I don't want Yankee fans to say, see, this is what I'm talking about, a little small ball, that's the Yankees, that's what you do now, a little hit and run, a little stolen base, a little squeeze, a little bunt and run, sacrifice to run over, stuff like that. This was, this was desperation. <laughs> this was desperation because the, the lineup just wasn't doing anything. The guys just couldn't hit. They, this offense just struggled. They, what are they, 6-9 and nine in the 15 games without uh, Stanton in the lineup? I mean, you miss him. There's no question. Just, just not only his presence, but just when he's there. Okay, that his not only his hitting, but as I mentioned, just his presence. That it just adds something and lengthens your lineup. Here's IKF on his up and down season. You know, it's been an up and down roller coaster for me. It's uh, definitely an adjustment, but this is where I want to be. This is my dream team. This is, uh, you know, this is everything I've ever wanted in my life. So um, to get the opportunity and to come through tonight, you know, it feels good, but we have a long ways to go, and I'm just hoping I can, you know, keep, keep this momentum going. Now you got Jamison Tyone again to Michael Walker, the former Met and former Cardinal in Sunday Night Baseball. And on the K-Cast, I hear Derek Jeter, the captain's going to be on, and that's going to be interesting considering some of the comments he had about A-Rod in the captain, and then for he and A-Rod to chat afterwards is, um, you know, check that out. That's Diamond Notes, brought to you by Two by London, the engagement shop by London Jewelers. Pick or design the perfect engagement ring to fit every budget at any of their six area locations. Let's go to the phones. 1-800-919-3776. Let's go to Spike in St. Pete. What's up, Spike? Hey, Brother Larry. Good to catch you. I got the other beaver on the other phone, and... uh... I got the list of questions. Oh, it's a crazy dynamic. So uh, listen, listen. Yes. Here's here's the question. I'll give you a poll, as someone I know really well and is passionate. It's almost like the regular season in baseball. You know, we knew this would happen. I knew it. You knew it. You know, if the Grom, you're waiting for the third or fourth start to make sure he's okay. He's been brilliant, brilliant. They don't they don't even kick have contact on him, Larry. It's been ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So you're going to come back and have to reset for the playoffs, which will be fine because there's some stipend in there if you finish first, the buy and all that. But, listen, we could talk and talk. You don't want to put the whammy on it. I'm with you. I know how you feel. You don't want to hear that uh, that ESPN jingle there. Just let's get there already. And I know that's not the way. You should take some enjoyment out of these games as sports fans, but – this is exactly what the Mets fans have been waiting for. And I'm going to flip over to the Jets, and it's, it's a pity because a lot of guys I know real well are Jet fans, and it's inevitable. It's almost like it's uh, – remember the voodoo dolls? Yeah. This is what it's like. I feel bad. I feel bad. And I know a lot of guys that are Jet fans. They're probably 60, 40, still Giants here, but at one point it was much heavily weighted. Um, what are you going to do? You know, football's a rough game. But it seems it's more tilted towards the Jets. I know you were embedded with them for a while. It's mm-hmm. Something's wrong there, like it was with the Knicks, and maybe the Knicks will fix it with this new management team. Remains to be seen. I won't even get to basketball because I got into to reading a headline about what, uh, Frank KD. that's going to be in Hollywood. Can't even go right. down that road. But as far as the Mets and the Jets, it's the antithesis now, no question about it, due to injury. But i got to tell you something. I was telling Tom, I believe, this is this Scherzer and Degrom. I'm 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 really gonna start to put them in Koufax territory now. Degrom, I just I know I may be short on you know substance in terms of length. The game's mm-hmm. changed, Larry. They can't hit him. They no. can't hit him. Am I wrong? 
No, you're not wrong, Spike. Thanks for the phone call. It's the location, my friend. It's the location. He is, he has found a way, which is amazing, to locate the ball and put it where he wants to. And that is every pitcher's dream. That is every golfer's dream, right? It is that muscle memory that when I when I go through the swing, it, it hits the swing is the same all the time. And that's the way it is with DeGrom. When he throws the ball, the ball moves the same spot all the time. The slider is unhittable, and the fastball is, is and then the fastball looks even faster after the, the way the slider breaks. It, it's just amazing. 1-800-919-3776. We'll take more of your phone calls. But first, stream live sports and original content with ESPN Plus today. You get several things, like access to your award-winning 30 for 30 library, you get unrivaled UFC access, including exclusive pay-per-views. You also get live coverage of 35 PGA Tour events each year. So get the ESPN Plus and Disney Plus bundle today. Watch The Captain, the seven-part series on the life and career of Derek Jeter, or other originals like Eli's Place. Stream anytime, anywhere. Go to ESPNNewYorkBundle.com to learn more. We'll take your phone calls next on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. So, Yankee fans, via Twitter, I want you to weigh in at Hardest the ESPN at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. Which pitcher gives you the most confidence closing the game for the Yankees? Is it Jonathan Loisega? Is it Wandy Peralta? Is it still Clay Holmes? Or is it Araldis Chapman? I'll give you some early voting. I will tell you now that everybody has a vote. We went through a long period of time when Clay Holmes did not have a vote, okay? Nobody voted for Clay Holmes, nobody, which means, as Harvey mentioned to me, it's what he's done for me lately, and it, he hasn't done much. <laughs> so that's why, that's why he took a while to get a vote. But he, he's, climbing, he's climbing the polls rather well. He's climbing them well. 1-800-919-3776. Mitch is in East Windsor. Hey, Mitch, you're next on 98.7. How's it going, Ross? Thanks for taking my call. You got it, Mitch. What's up? Yeah. I know I love baseball, but I'm talking a little football here. Where do you think Jimmy G could go? Uh, I think the New York team could still use him. Use him, and you never know. With that. I, I got a feeling Zach Wilson you know, is not going to pan out. And how can you believe in Joe Flacco? He's too old. He's a borderline Hall of Fame, if at best. And um, I like my I like my charges. I think they got a great defensive line, Bosa, Mack. Uh, Darren James, strong safety, and, and of course, they have a great quarterback in Justin Herbert. I think he's top four, top five. Well, Mitch, I love your quarterback. Thanks for the phone call. I definitely do. I, I love I love Justin Herbert. I've talked about him glowingly on these airwaves uh, because of his arm and his ability to run an offense. I've been very impressed. Your defense is very good. Uh, we'll see what happens this year. You're in the tough division. <laughs> Say that. You're in the tough division, my friend. So I don't know how I don't know how you're going to be able to. Uh, you know, to to navigate that situation, but uh, listen, um, is, you you've got you've got some fun to look at. You you got a lot of fun looking at your team. I don't know where Jimmy G's going to land, and if you're Frisco, you're just waiting to see what the next what the first long term injury is going to be to a quarterback. Uh, you almost had a conversation, as Anita mentioned. I'm sure you almost had – you were waiting for the uh, – you might have called the Jets, <laughs> as a matter of fact, after Friday night. Not waiting for the Jets to call you. You might have called them to see what, what was available. But now with the uh, – thank goodness for Zach Wilson's situation with his injury 
you know, not as uh, not as severe as one, as once thought. Uh, I don't think that they will make a move now to do that. They will probably let Joe Flacco start. Uh, and once again, we'll talk some we'll talk some football very shortly. I know you guys are waiting. I know you are. Uh, we'll talk some football shortly. But um, yeah, I don't know where he's going to land. I think what Frisco's doing is, hey, we've got a commodity, and we've got a commodity at a position that we know somebody's going to need. Okay. Unfortunately, because it's football and there's a hundred percent injury rate, somebody gets hurt in every game in the national football league. All right. And if it's a quarterback, we've got one that has been proven that can get you to get you to a super bowl, can get you close to a super bowl, can get you right there. So, um, he will be going. I just don't know where he's going to go right now because, as I said, there's really, there's really no market for them for what they want. Okay, because like I said, they've got they've got a commodity that I know somebody is going to get. I got to tell you, I was very disappointed in hearing about Fernando Tatis Jr. Um, in case you didn't hear, uh, on Friday, shortly before their 10-5 victory over the Washington Nationals. Fernando Tatis Jr. has been banned 80 games for testing positive for a performance-enhancing anabolic steroid called Cloisterball. And obviously, you would, as you would believe, a number of his teammates uh, were not happy, uh, very critical after they found out. Um, and, and here's the thing. He was supposed to be coming back shortly. They expected that he would be back probably sometime in September to help them on their their closing rush to the postseason and a possible, you know, wild card spot. And now 80 games, which means you won't see him this year and you won't see him at the start of next season. Now, listen, they did, you know, you got Machado, you got Soto, you got Bell, you were able to add some some players, okay? And um, so you have a chance to get that playoff push this year. But ideally, you wanted to see, and and we joked about and talked about how the Padres general manager was all in. He's like, I want to get the best players I can get because I want to really go for this thing. I want to really get this thing rolling. I want to really have a chance to, to push and get a chance to get into the postseason and, and have, go to the World Series to get the best players I have. And obviously, one of those players he expected to have was Fernando Tatis Jr. And we've talked about the injuries with him, right? We've talked about how he struggled. We've talked about how he's not been able to stay healthy. We've talked about his lack of availability. And we also talked about his great talent. And so now, unfortunately... Um, you know, with the broken left wrist in the offseason, which there were some rumors that it was a motorcycle crash, and I don't know, you know, there's so many, there's so many uh, clauses in contracts where you stay off motorcycles and you stay off, you know, dangerous types of vehicles and stuff like that because we want you healthy, okay? We do. That's that, that's the bottom line here. So, add to that the fact that he put the team in the situation by, you know, the accident of being on the motorcycle taking that chance. And now to go with the anabolic, anabolic steroids, it, it's not good. As a matter of fact, one of um, his teammates, 
Mike, Cle Mike Clevenger, who's on the record, saying that he hopes he was disappointed and hopes the shortstop realizes it's, it's more than just him right now, that he left his team out to dry. And so that's a tough situation. But nevertheless, uh, hopefully he'll come back. He'll learn from this. And, you, you, you know, we're waiting to hear from him. You don't know whether he knew what he was taking. You don't know whether it was something that he was medicine or something of, of nature. You just don't know how it was. But you're really just disappointed because you're waiting for him to come back just to see how this, uh, you know, how this spot was going to be, okay, and, and how he was going to fit in with this with this lineup. And I mentioned that. I mentioned Soto and Bell, but then there's also, you know, Josh Hader they got uh, from Milwaukee and Brandon Drury from Cincinnati. So they really set out to fortify and try to get one of those spots. And they're third right now in the race for one of those three spots in the wild card of 64 and 52. So here, guess what? He's not coming back. <laughs> Don't worry about it. He won't be back this year. So what they have to do is just, you know, pull, pull together. He apologized. He's remorseful. But the bottom line is he's not going to be there. So they have to pull together and see what happens. 1-800-919-3776. We'll come back. I want to get your thoughts about Aaron Judge. Because I'm telling you, I mean, I hear all this stuff about 60 and 61 and, you know, the great. And teams are still pitching to him. And if teams continue to pitch to him, I think he's got a really, really good shot of making history and having that record. And then just how much is he worth? Does he make himself even more attractive to the Yankees? This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. So I mentioned Aaron Judge and the tremendous season he's having. He had another home run on Friday night. And I mentioned this, and uh, Buster only just tweeted this not uh, recently. Jamison Tyon is uh, going tonight, and that may be good news for the Yankees. And you're like, well, the way he's pitched? <laughs> well, he did better his last start. But uh, here's what only tweeted. From Elias Sports Bureau, over Jamison Tyon's 22 starts this season, Aaron Judge batting 371. That's 33 for 89 with 15 home runs, 30 RBIs. No other Major League Baseball player has hit more than 10 home runs in any one pitcher's starts this year, and the 30 are the most by any batter for a particular pitcher. So it should be a big night for the big fella. And listen, I take my hat off to him because he bet on himself. And as Spike mentioned, the years that I was embedded with the Jets, there was another athlete who always bet on himself, and that was Darrell Rivas. He always bet on himself. He always made it, the contract situation. Didn't matter. I'm better than this. I can make more money because I will bet on myself to prove to you that I'm worth every dollar, if not more. And that's what Aaron Judge has done. And he has, and now when you look at all the injuries that the Yankees have had, and you look at now the seemingly lack of protection in this lineup, right? Because Stanton hasn't been here. Rizzo's been in and out of the lineup. Gleyber Torres has been up and down. I mean, who's been that protection for Aaron Judge? And get this, teams are still pitching to him. <laughs> and listen, I give him credit. Challenge him. He can't. He won't do it. He won't do it against me. I, I, I'm challenging him. Wrong. He did it to you again. <laughs> so 
congratulations to Aaron Judge. He's having a phenomenal year. And I'm telling you, the price tag just keeps going up and up. Keeps going up and up and up. And now the question is going to be, once again, still for me, the question is not so much money, but years. That's just me. Obviously, money is important, but I think for them is not so much money, it's years. Neil's in the Bronx. What's up, Neil? Hey, Larry. Thank you for taking my call on the closer situation. Mm-hmm. It's really a tough call because right now the so-called closer is starting to show cracks. Uh, I wrote this Chapman. He's starting to look himself, but uh, last night it looked like he was having a like a meltdown. But it's a good thing that the Boston ran out of themselves out of that uh, inning. Yeah, they did. <laughs> yeah, they really did because he didn't look to himself. And on Low Isaac, I haven't I haven't seen much of him yet to go low with Isaac. And the last thing you want to do is go into the postseason, roll him the dice of who's going to close the game for you. So the Yankees have a serious problem of who's going to really be closing their games out when it comes to October. You're right, Neil. So, so who's your choice out of, out of the four? Or you can pick um, somebody else. All right. I'm going to go for what I've been seeing lately from him, and it's probably because he's been doing it in the eighth inning and he's not feeling the pressure, except for last night. I'm going with Chapman. Okay. I hear you. That's, that's going to be my pick, Chapman. I hear you, Neil. Thanks for checking in. Thanks for the phone call. Thank you. And I would expect that Chapman will get the vote because he's, he's a guy that you know. He's a guy that, okay, we, you know, he's been pretty good for us most of the years. There's this thing of him being the last guy on the mound, though, when we lose in the postseason on a couple of occasions. But for the most part, he's been, for the most part, he's been consistent, right? For the most part, he's been the guy. For the most part, he's been the guy that's been able to come in in big situations and put out the fire. And once again, I know you've been a little spoiled for decades with Mariano Rivera. I'm just telling you, that's not the norm. (laughs) As relievers, Mariano Rivera is not the norm. They're supposed to struggle. They're supposed to give you a little agita. That's their job as relievers, to make it interesting. Okay? And uh, they've done a pretty good job of making it interesting over the past couple of months. There's no question about that. All right, so on the on that's our poll question, by the way. At Hardest the ESPN at ESPN NY ninety eight underscore seven FM, which pitcher gives you the most confidence closing the game for the Yankees? Is it Loisiga, Peralta, Holmes, or Chapman? Uh, here's some responses so far of folks who have weighed in. Uh, we've got uh, uh, Bombers at Bombers Beat says Lou Tavino, who's the le- who gave up the hit last night, but still he's uh, feels better about him. Uh, silliness underscore 718. He wants Mariano Rivera back. And you know what? I wouldn't doubt that uh, Mariano Rivera would probably come in and be able to get a couple of outs right now, throwing the same pitch and people knowing what he's going to throw and he still won't be able to hit it. Uh, at Jimmy Dean 642021, must I choose one? <laughs> he wants a combination. So he wants a closer by committee. I understand you might be a little uh, you might be a little concerned about that. And uh, uh, at RMK underscore one fifty says it feels like an SAT question. I gave you multiple choices, so you know you should you know we 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 should be uh, you know we should be rolling with that. Uh, here's um, here's an interesting 
uh, person at Four Eyes Johnny, and he's weighing in on Aaron Judge. I don't think it's just that Aaron Judge is still being pitched to. The man is 6'7". Who knows what his reach is. At that height, he can reach pitches most people can't. By contrast, the short, somewhat shorter Peter Alonso sees the fewest strikes in Major League Baseball. They are... They are two different pitch, two different hitters with two different styles. And because of Aaron Judge's situation, there's a lot of comments, and it's fair, about the inconsistency of his strike zone. And to be to be honest, he probably gets called out on strikes more than anybody else because the the strike zone, we always talk about the strike zone being inconsistent. His strike zone is really inconsistent. <laughs> okay, it's really inconsistent. I mean, there's balls that they, the umpires just really can't decide what his strike zone is like. So he could be even better. His numbers could be even better than what they are because he has a really good eye at the plate. The one thing that the biggest thing for me that I think has been an adjustment for him is that he has determinated. He un, he's determinated. He understands. He knows what his strike zone is. And on rare occasions, will he go out of his strike zone to try to get a to try to get a, a, a to, to take a swing? Remember when he first came up, he didn't know where his strike zone was, and everything away, away, away. He was just swing and swing and swing, and so he expanded the pitcher strike zone for him, which he didn't need to do. He, they didn't need help. <laughs> okay. Cause they were getting him out anyway. And he just kept expanding it and that made it worse. So the fact that he understands what his strike zone is now somewhat, and he's able to power it. And, and he has, he has done a nice job. And this is the other thing. He's done a nice job hitting home runs, but he doesn't just hit home runs. He hits for average too. So that's the that's what we like. That's what we like. Araldus Chapman has not allowed a run, and we put the asterisk because last night he might have if the Boston ran not ran themselves out of that inning, and that is indicative of how Boston has played all year. Mistakes on the Bates paths, mistakes in the field, uh, just just bad baseball. That's been them all season long. But Araldus Chapman has not allowed a run in his last nine appearances. Since July 26th, he's pitched nine in the third innings, no runs, and 10 strikeouts, as opposed to Clay Holmes, who, after Friday, has three blown saves in his last five appearances, and he's given up seven earned runs in four innings. His ERA in August, is 10.80. He's pitched three in the third innings. He's had three strikeouts. 10.80 in August. Wow. And he was, once again, he was unhittable. Unhittable. Here's how the poll reads so far, ladies and gentlemen. Which pitcher gives you the most confidence closing the game for the Yankees? 23% of you say Clay Holmes. 9.5% of you say Wandy Peralta. 7.3% of you say Jonathan Loisega. 
And 59, just under 60% of you say Araldus Chapman is your closer that gives you the most confidence for the Yankees. You can weigh in at Hardesty ESPN at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM, or you can call us at 1-800-919-3776, and we'll get your thoughts there as well about this. So I'm, I'm very curious to see how you're going to fare because this week is an important week for the Yankees. Harvey, Tom, and I were talking about it during one of the breaks. You've got Tampa this week. You've got Toronto, and then you have the Mets hosting the Mets uh, up at Yankee Stadium. So this is this is a um, this is a big week, and it's a week you're in your division, and you you know you you you've held on despite the fact that you've not played your best baseball. You've not, and you know it. Uh, I thought Montas was good for you last night. Gave you six innings. Okay, you'll take it. I think he'll get better. You saw some signs with him. Uh, he's been known as having like a great slider. Slider was very good last night. Uh, he made a couple of mistakes, had to hit bad and whatnot. You know, these things happen. And, and I'm sure as he becomes more and more comfortable, you'll see the best part of him. So I think he'll be okay. I'm not saying he's going to be Luis Castillo. <laughs> That's not what I'm saying. But I am saying that you'll be happy with him as your number two or three starter going forward. I think he'll be okay. So, you know, we just have to wait and see, and only time will tell, right? Only time will tell. But just my gut feeling is because he settled out, he was, he was far better than he was in his first outing. Okay, and, that, and once again, I told you guys, just take a breather with that first outing, right? Take a breather with that because there was some mitigating circumstances with that coming off the injury, hadn't pitched in like 10, 11 days, family, uh, you know, bereavement leave. So there's a lot of things, a new team, a lot of stuff. Not that it's, it was an excuse. It was just a fact of what a human being was going through. Because remember, even though we look at them as athletes and players, they're still human beings first. 